in the cabbage. Right, let's get it. Test, test, test. Yeah, we're live. Welcome to In the Cabbage. <laughs> this is crazy. This is pretty bananas right now <laughs> that we're actually doing this. I'm Tommy Sweat. Andrew Witt. Please subscribe. Please listen. Please download. Like. Just a reminder. Keep swinging. Welcome back to In the Cabbage. I'm your boy, Tommy Swim. To my right or your left, Andrew Witt. What up, y'all? What up, buddy? We are back on your uh, video one day evidence will show we're in a new comfy <laughs> corner. Maybe by episode 50. Yeah, we'll see. We're just going to keep you guessing. Eventually, it'll be up there at some point. Um, but the cozy corner is still in effect here. This this is cozy corner times two, though. <laughs> This is really cozy. <laughs> it's just the couch is much more comfortable. Uh, I just realized we went no shoes today. That's how comfortable we are. Yeah. I'm real. Usually we back. keep it a little bit more profesh, but the shoes profesh. are off. <laughs> I, you can hardly say it's profesh here. Profesh. It is pretty profesh over here. Um, we actually just got back from the gym, so we might feel the energy feeling very calm and relaxed. Yeah, I think so. Energy is up, though. We just, you know, got the heart pumping a little bit. What do you think of the workout, bud? I'm exhausted. It's a, it's, yeah, it's never fun. We no. just hit legs. It's never something I look forward to, but it's always something that feels great once you're past it. Yeah, it was, um, to give people a little insight, Madison was gone last week mm-hmm. for five days, Monday through Friday. Boy's running free. Boy is running free like a banshee out of hell. I am hitting <laughs> everything that I would personally want to do. Eating what I want, eating late, like playing video games until odd hours, like not sleeping great, not working very hard. Making the most of your time, baby. Yeah, and just like, you know, um, just like soaking in this time, you know, alone. And I was an absolute degen- like degenerate this weekend. Mm-hmm. I couldn't say it, but... Ju- oh, Degenerate. See, no. De- thank you. Like, there's a little D in oh there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Degenerate. That's why you got Ooh, your boy. That's why you got your God. boy here, baby. I almost passed out. <laughs> I almost went... That was full Tommy mode right there. My eyes almost rolled in the back of my head, and I almost passed out. I couldn't even say it because that's how bad it was. But, yeah, I just, like... So, like, as you know, and as the people know, I was, like, on this, like, journey of trying something new, I would say. And right, I did the great. 21 days of, you know, no, eating. no, eat, no eating past nine, 21 days of trying to form a habit of doing some yoga here and there. Right. And it just got to a place where the wheels fell off the bus again, and I right. just went ham. And I just stopped caring. And when Madison was gone, for whatever reason, I was just, like... Fuck it. It's my time. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think one of the eye-opening moments was I was playing video games. I'm a 30-year-old man, you know. Nothing wrong with little video games. I, no, I, I love I, it. I dabbled myself a little bit over the weekend, too. Love it. It's super fun. Play with my brother and my cousin, and it's always a great time. I always laugh super hard. It's fun. It's a fun way of being competitive and just right. not sit there and like I was going to say, we can't TV. take away from the video games here because video games are great. It's a way to be competitive. It's a way to hang out with people. 
that doesn't have to, you don't have to go somewhere. You don't have to like go and like orchestrate anything. It's just a quick text. Yo, hop online for like two, three games. Boom. And you're there. You're yeah, done. And it's, and it's fun. You know, it's always a good time. But the weird part is like, I'm eating candy. It's like midnight. I mean, candy had a couple cocktails. Like <laughs> I'm feeling a little loopy. I'm laughing. And, uh, I started choking on a nerd's cluster. <laughs> By the way, most goaded right. candy there is. I right, mean, there let's is not undersell it. It's the best candy on the market if, right now. If y'all haven't ch not checked it out, it is worthwhile. It's a nerd's rope, but in a cluster form, and it's just on fire. It's untouchable. It really, truly is. You get a bunch of them in a big bag, and it's great. Like, don't get me wrong. One of my favorite candies in the market, <laughs> if not the best candy right, right now. And I'm just chewing and eating this thing like a savage. I'm laughing. I inhale. Like half a nerd's cluster straight to the back of the throat. Oh, God, dude. And I'm playing games with my brother and Mikey, and they could hear me like choking. It's like I'm not really breathing very well. Like yeah. I'm starting to like, I, I, the whole time this is happening, like I know I'm fine. Like I, I can feel that I'm going to pass it. Right. It's almost comical that it's not gone yet. Right. But at one point, you're like, it's still not gone. And I make like a huge gasp for air. Like I make a huge sound in the mic. For Timmy and Mikey did hear it. And at that when that gasp happened, I was able to clear it up and I got my Okay. I got my either Your wits about back. you. Yeah. But there was a moment where I was like, I'm choking a little bit here. Yeah, that's that's not fun. And no I'm one in by the house, myself. You don't know how to do a Heimlich on the ch on the chair situation. I would figure it out. Of course. I mean, I would just start slapping things belly on my flop chest. On the, on the, <laughs> I mean, flop onto the floor. I break ribs, it wouldn't matter. Like if it was really dire, I would I mean I know where a hospital's <laughs> at. I can jump in a car and try to make it there in time. Like, sure. There's things I could have done, but I make the noise. Like no fun nonetheless. Noise. Yeah, I make a death noise, like a death rattle, and my brother <laughs> and my cousin hear it, and I I pass the candy, you know, whatever. I swallow it, and uh, I immediately go wash my face off because, like, you know, that was a little scary. Right. But my brother and cousin don't know that I just went and washed my face off. So they're still thinking... Oh, dude, you left him hanging? I left him hanging. Oh, my God. I on the mic, I was clear. I said, yo, I'll be right back. I thought I I like thought I made that clear to them, but yeah. my voice was probably so, you know, fucked at that right, point. Right, right, a little raspy, whatever's going on with it. Right, and I, like, they don't hear it, and so I, you know, wash my face off. I walk back into the room. They hear the door open through the mic, you know? Yeah, and they're and like... And Mikey's like, yo, I hear him. And my brother was like, yo, are you there? Because if you don't say something right now, I'm calling 911. Jesus Christ, dude. Because yeah, they're are asking you... me to like move my character in game. I'm not moving the character. Like, so they're they're thinking they all they hear is a death rattle and their their cousin and brother go goes missing. Yo, know, you pulled like the most unassuming prank of all time. Right. And I'm <laughs> laughing like so hard because my brother's biggest fear is like what, like a moment like that. Sure. I mean, well, you'd ask anyone. I mean, if I heard my brother choke <laughs> on the other end, I'd be yeah. terrified. And so it made me laugh because I'm sure Timmy over there was just in a panic. Yeah. And there's Panties nothing more I love than making my brother like in a panic. Sure. But yeah, so it just sparked this. Um, I mean, I was a degenerate the rest of the week. Didn't get better. I was like, I thought I like I thought I wouldn't eat any more clusters. <laughs> Catch yourself two I minutes later. Two more, just... <laughs> two more clusters. And I was like, I've already eaten the bag essentially. And at right. that moment, I was like, went to bed feeling shitty about myself. And it just kept going. The wheels kept spinning. And uh, 
I've been trying to like lose weight for forever. Um, and it's just now like, um, like being a addicted to something, you know, like if someone's addicted to heroin, not my like addiction is anything near that, but, um, it takes a person to kind of get to that point for them to want to do it. Sure. It, there, there is some sort of breaking point. There is some sort of moment or you do it X amount of times and it's like, okay, I'm, that's it. Like I'm going to turn over a new page. Yeah. And it, it sounds like what you're kind of proclaiming to me, what we were just talking about the gym and working out. It's like, you know, you've kind of reached that point. Yeah. I'm feeling like either it's now or it's, it's extremely close. Sure. Like I'm hoping it's now, like I've yeah. been here so many times before and I've, done this before and it's never like come to fruition um it just feels different it doesn't feel like i'm like making a drastic change it just feels like it's time it's time yeah it's time like it just and, I, and i think feel... that's perfect I, I it's weird because yes you told me that it's time but you've also told me that it's time a few other times right but this one truly does feel like it is like you're you're turning the page, yeah. Like you're looking at a new chapter. You're looking at a new lifestyle. You've already tried, and then you had like that little bit of like a relapse, and you're like, you know what, dude? That was I don't I didn't gain anything from that. Like I'm just hurting myself, and then I also don't feel good when I'm doing it. Yeah, and it's like not it, fun. Like right, you know, binge eating is great when you're in the moment and you're just like. I mean, I'm pulling out, like, candy. I mean, toast. I mean, leftovers. I mean, M&Ms. I mean, like, you're just, you're like a shark. And your eyes <laughs> glaze over, and you just go. And in the moment, like, it is what it is. Like, I'm an emotional eater, and it helps in that little moment. You're just like, whatever. You're just shoving things that taste good into your face, sure. and it feels good. But it's just um there's the repercussions of it though that you you say that you feel and you're like ah i don't love doing that and you've said it a few times and so it's like it's just not i've i'm a i've tasted everything like i know what in your cluster is going to taste it right? at 12 30 at night it's going to slap right? like it's going to taste great like these like i love food i'm a huge foodie like that's not going to change about me like i it's like ripping a part of me away and that's not the case i just need to be better and that's just like the facts of the matter. Um, so today was the first day. Like last night I had ice cream late. I was like, cool. Like this is like me closing a book on it. Right. And today I started, you know, like, and it wasn't like eating healthy, but it was. Just being a little bit more conscious of what's like, going on. Can't have drinks during the week as often. Can't like eat past nine unless I haven't had dinner. Sure. Or, like, I'm absolutely starving and I need to, like, have chicken or something and veggies. I knew you were serious when you asked me, yo, what days do you work out? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm hopping in. Because it's... I how, do to, you, how do you formulate your workouts? How do you do this? How do you do that? You know, like... I just need to... Yeah, I need to figure out... And you also, you're checking yourself a little bit more on what you're eating and with the, like, point system now, too. And Yeah, like, I signed up for Weight Watchers today. Which I did a long time ago, and it helps me out, which is just tracking what I'm doing, making you accountable because you put, like, nerd clusters in a couple times. You're like, dude, what is wrong with me? And it's always in the back of your mind, you know? Like, nerd clusters is just the theme of it because that's just the can that almost killed me. Um, and, like, I just I just don't feel good. Yeah. Like, I, like I'm 
Like, like I there's and sure there's plenty of things that are just on the horizon too. Like we're not getting any younger. One, no. Two, who knows what's gonna happen? Maybe with whatever job opportunity, with kids, with pets, with golf, with hobbies, with other things that you want to do later. And you want to be in a better place to to go and and live that to the fullest. I want to feel strong again. Yeah, like I want to feel like I'm like athletic again, almost. Yeah. Like I was never that athletic, but like I could, I could do things sure. a bit easier. Like I'm, my weight's never stopped me from doing anything. Um, but you want to get that strength and that that um, mobility and just feeling good and strong. And I don't know the one part where I I do. Because don't get me wrong, I don't love working out, but there are moments where I do feel like when I was training a whole bunch in college, when I was doing a ton of stuff, and now in retrospect, I'm not doing anything compared, yeah. compared to what I was doing, right? I mean, there's I just don't have the time. No one does. No one has the time because it was basically a part or full-time job when you're you know competing in college. But... It, there is some part of me that does miss some of that where I'm like, dude, I was in great shape and I felt great. And I was like extremely like, you know, coordinated, extremely balanced. And there's times where I like, you know, don't have my balance or coordination is not as sharp maybe as it used to be. And it's like, you know, kind of miss that a little bit. Yeah. And I then, totally get that. um, I don't know. There are moments where I like, where I start getting in a groove where I like all, lift three times a week and I'm doing mobility and then I'm doing, you know, a little bit of cardio here and there. And then it kind of just starts building one on top of the other. And it kills me actually when I don't get to work out anymore because I feel like I'm now regressing from where I'm going. And so there is like a huge step back for you. Yeah. And it's like, and I hate that. So I don't necessarily don't love when I'm doing it, but there are times where I, I do enjoy it because I feel like I am getting to a place where we're not old. I mean, you see people on, you know, playing professional sports till they're 38 and, and still in playing great shape. in great shape and, you know, extremely flexible. Like if you take care of your body, it's going to, it's going to take care of itself and it's going to, you know, go and work the way it should till about probably 55, 60. Yeah. You like know, I like, would say that's like the real age now where your body starts to be like, yeah, you got to chill out. Sure. And, and or, I want to and I want to get to that point. You know, I want to be in a healthy state of mind. One, like during this time, I'm home alone and I'm not great home alone either. Like yeah. I'm definitely a person who needs something or somebody around um just to like keep keep the demons out of the way, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um I'm eating like shit like my OCD is running rampant. Like it's just taking. I'm I'm thinking about things like I've never thought about before. It's just kind of a. It's a little bit almost like a snowball effect where it's just. Yeah. Kind of, it's just really. Like I'm worried of, about death. Like yeah. That's like, like not what? really like me. Like why? Why? why, why I can why, catch why it. I, I can catch that? it now. Like where I'm like, I think it just all stems from my body and my brain from what I'm from what I deduce is like trying to scare me. Like, sure. hey, you keep this up, like you're gonna hurt. It's gonna lead to problems. Sure. And, it's a know. it's a way of saying yes. It's it could lead to problems, but let's maybe try to go and do totally. something. Let's go fix something. Let's go and, and there's be positives active. to it. Like I mean, like this is like actually like right now. I don't think I have 
personally have felt this calm and this like, okay, like mental wise, physical wise in weeks. See, that's really nice, dude. So like, I don't feel this like urge to run. I don't have an urge to like need to do something. And it's great. It's a great feeling. Um, And I do miss, like, I think I forget that I missed that part of it. Or like, I think that what also makes us chilling and hanging out so much more enjoyable because maybe you can live more in the moment and you're not so worried about maybe trying to go do something or trying to feel like, is this enough? I think part of the reason that it's so great when we're able to play, like, and let's go back to high school. Right. And let's go play a basketball game. Right. Or ba- even just a basketball practice. Right. We're playing from four to six and then we can go hang out, get dinner, get pizza, doing whatever, playing video games, hanging out. It just feels like it's it should be like it worked into some part of your day at least two or three times a week where you're like going out and doing some sort of physical activity, not just <clears throat> like walking around or um, going to dinner. Like it's more of like an, a, like an activity or a workout or a class even for that matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, walking around like nine holes of golf. Boom. Perfect. It's... um. It's nice. You know, like I've been here before. I've been like, oh, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, I hope this is the page. Yeah. I don't know for a fact, you know, but I do feel like it feels different. It feels different. It really does. It feels different to me too. It feels like like deep down in my soul, it feels like, okay, dude, like I'm not going to be, I've given up the dreams of like having a six pack and being ripped. Like it's not me. I think more of it is just the what we talk about is just the functionality of it. Right. I just want to be healthy. I want to be able to swing a club better. I want my ankle to stop hurting. Yeah. I want like, I was starting to have lower back pain. And I'm starting to like feel things on my body. Like, to be honest, until I turned 30, like I had- You were indestructible. No aches and pains. Yeah. You were like, I don't need to stretch. I'm good. I don't believe in that. Yeah, like, like, I, <laughs> like I had a torn meniscus and I was still like the playing, next day walking on it. Playing basketball, doing like, whatever. And I still feel that way. I still feel like my body can hold up to a lot of this stuff. But the fact that I'm even feeling my body now, like, oh, my shoulder hurts today for some reason. Oh, my neck is tight. My lower back hurts. Like I'm noticing things about my body and knowing that's only going to get worse with age and with weight. Like it's like... Only going to get harder. Sure. And, I, and I can tell I'm getting... I used to never feel bloated. Even me, I looked bloated. I used to never feel bloated. Yeah. I'm starting to feel like if I eat something crazy, I feel like a balloon. <clears throat> I hate that. I mean, I get like that, dude. Like, I, I, I've I, got a weak little stomach. Yeah. It's tough. I don't yeah, know. You, you got like... Any I, like got dairy little, product blows you out. Dude, it's game over for me. <laughs> yeah, Game well, over. Get your boy some milk over here at 2%. Dude, you want to put me back. You want to put me out and put me, torture me? <laughs> Fuck. Just give me some whole milk. Dude, maybe just so a cup funny. of yogurt and I'm fucking... I'm Could kaput. you imagine if you're like, you know, like an international spy? <laughs> and they're like, you know, like the only weakness he has is fucking whole milk. Yeah. <laughs> just... Forget the fucking water droplet torture yeah, thing. Yeah, make you drink a Yank glass it off of a finger. Skim. No, no, no. Just go ahead and it makes me feel like I swallowed just a fucking bundle of knives. <laughs> yeah, dude, you'd be so miserable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were in uh, Colorado and you were taking those fucking 
Um, I mean, everything that we ate had either butter or some sort of milk or it was fried. So mm -hmm. it maybe had buttermilk in it. It's just not worth it to me. Yeah, you're so taking I'm those just, like, I'm just popping those things like candy, dude. I'm right. just chucking just those things. to the face. <laughs> we took like six or seven in one day easily. Yeah. And I just realized how much dairy I have in my house. You can't even eat at my house. No, it's tough. Like if you're like, oh, I need a snack. I'm like, I got chips and salsa for you. That's about it. And that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Everything yeah. else is dairy in But it. boy, do I wish that I could just house. Like, I love like just Greek yogurt, parfaits, ice cream, any sort of like cheese platter, charcuterie board. I mean, I would house all of that stuff, but it's got major repercussions for you. Yeah, boy. and I think... And it's not just on me. It's on other people too. Yeah, you, you got <laughs> other people to answer to for that. Poor uh, Katie. When I'm sharing like an Airbnb, like I got to be really cognizant here. Yeah, you really got to be careful. Uh, man, I can't wait uh, to travel with us four again. I had an absolute Yeah, blast. that was a lot of fun, dude. It was all time. All um, time. There's actually, you know, we have a list of things we want to talk about in here, but there's something we brought up a while back last week when we were watching a podcast. We were watching... Um, Untold Truths, I think it's called, uh -huh. the documentary with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I, if, if I, I really haven't dove into Not the Baker whole... Not Baker Mayfield, it's uh, Johnny John, Manziel. Yeah, Johnny Manziel. Thank God. Yeah, good, good save there. Uh, good save Johnny there. Manziel. And I really want to talk about your college career um, after I bring up my battle with the caterpillars I had okay. last night. Let, let's... Let Let's go into the caterpillar situation. So, because you showed me a picture of this thing, and my God, was yeah, it a so sight to be seen. My last hurrah was last night, and I, you know, a couple cocktails, feeling a little loopy. I have like a little garden in my backyard full of herbs, yeah. and we have tomatoes, which is so sick, by the way. I would love to have that one day. I have a Basil. little bit, a little bit of a green thumb, and being the cook that you are, like it's it's all time. You it's know? super super fun. I know you would you would die to have it. It'd be like your dream. Like trust me, I know. Like you're gonna have some awesome stuff in your backyard. I don't have like the drive to do it too much, but I love herbs, and herbs are easy to grow in this tiny backyard, and that's what we have. We also yeah. have like a small little tomato plant, a couple of them, and they're producing some big fat tomatoes. Dude, they're booming. It gets a little roasty toasty over in the uh, Tustin area. Which do great for tomatoes. Great for tomatoes. So yes. the tomatoes are thriving. And I just happen to go in my backyard, go look at my plants, talk to them, touch them, see what's up. <laughs> and um, a tomato's looking worse for wear in the back. It's got a gangster lean to it a bit. Right. And I look at it and I see on one side of it's eaten, like part of it's eaten, like the middle part and then to the seeds is eaten. Mm-hmm. I rip it off the stem and I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, we have rats. Like something's eating these fruits. Or like, I guess, yeah, they're eating these tomatoes, which is a fruit. And it is. Um, what am I going to do to stop it? Because I'm not putting the cage on this thing. I'm not netting it. Like, I'm just not going to do all that. You already have work. been slaving away in the backyard for who knows how goddamn long for. You like are bringing out there, breaking like the concrete saw. You're jackhammering shit. You're like building this wooden post. You've done more man labor than you've done in your entire sure. life. And like the three, last thing I want to do is tent tomatoes. I really don't care about, to be honest. They're going to be a jarred sauce. And I told Madison after this year when they die, we're yanking them out. Yeah. I mean, you might it's as just well, too much space. You might as well just put more herbs in there. That's what we're going to do. And yeah. then we're going to grow cherry tomatoes on an herb basket on the fence. There you go. Great. And then we can like sun dried 
tomatoes with cherry tomatoes. I can make other things with that instead of just yeah. jarred the, sauce. The, the jarred sauce, you need so much volume. It's so difficult to grow. I'm going to have like it. a half a jar of tomato sauce. Yeah. If that, <laughs> which is fine. Who cares? It'll just be fun to do. But anyway, so... Maybe I'm, you can just I'm, grow these caterpillars, dude. I do. I probably could. <laughs> so I end up like checking the fruit out and I'm starting to see like the plants like destroyed and there's poop all over the ground. And sure enough, I look up and there's a huge like green caterpillar with little eyes on the side of it, all down the side of it. Dude, when you show me the picture of this thing for scale, right. because the tomatoes are not like little nubs. They're good like three inches. Four inches, yeah. Three, four inch tomatoes. This thing is engulfing. Like, oh, it's just, it's just so much more massive than this tomato. It's a good like probably five, six inches. Yeah. This caterpillar. A huge tomato and a huge caterpillar. So I see the first one and the immediate is panic because I don't want to touch it with my hands. <laughs> so I start freaking out. I'm such a little baby when it comes oh to dude. I don't want and any part who, of that. Who else going to do it? I got no other men in the house to handle this for me. So no. it's Papa. So I got to step up. So I, I do the only logical thing. And I cut off the branch where it's at. And I take the L on the tomato that was on it. And I eat that man over the fence. Right. <laughs> right in the neighbor's yard. <laughs> I, I don't know at this point if these caterpillars grow into beautiful butterflies. If I'm supposed to curb stomp them. What am I, what am I supposed to do? Because like, are sure. they helping or are they not? Well, and they looked like they were just going to town. I, I, I deducted they were not helping. Right. And he got yeeted into the neighbor's yard. <laughs> And so I, I, I do the damage report. I see about five more tomatoes destroyed. Take them all off the vine. And sure enough, there's another one. Yeah. Dude. And this boy could take the other one's lunch money. Oh, God. And this boy's fatter. And I start to lose it. I go, no fucking <laughs> way. Is there another huge? And they're called green horn tomato caterpillars yeah and they're just common they're just they all nightshades and they're loving it so there. peppers eggplants they're crazy and i pick up this one and i yeet them over the yard too sure of so course. i get rid of the rest of it and what's well, one more of over the neighbor's fence? yeah he gets heated <laughs> and i'm cussing at him too because he won't come off the branch i'm pulling on him I'm yanking on them. And I'm like, I'm going to rip you in half. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Right. And so I yank them off and I throw them over. They're big. Like, you feel bad. Like, if I stepped on them. Uh, yeah. It's not just a little fly. Or I'd nat. feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you'd feel, feel it. You'd feel the blood squish. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a Timon and Pumbaa bug. <laughs> That's such a good analogy right there. <laughs> Dude, it's like a big, long, fat bug. And um, I was doing research afterwards. I get inside and I'm like, okay, how do I... Stop them. Well, a little tip. If you grow nightshades in your yard, they hate basil. So any vegetables or fruit you're growing, you should have some sort of basil within the bed of the vegetable. Because mm. I guess um, bugs does hate basil. Off, does it put off a scent? Yeah, it's really strong scent and throws them off. The scent of basil will overpower the scent okay. of almost anything else. Like Thai basil. Like we have a bunch of Thai basil growing on the bed of our floor. Like none of that's touched. Got it. And bees love it. Got it. Okay. So they, they, there's a tip that you're supposed to grow a bunch of basil within your other vegetables. So there's a little tip. That's cool. And I'm okay. So what do I do with this guy? Can't leave him there. So how do I, what do I do? Do I drive him to a safe place? Are these bugs like, you know, what am I doing? Read this one girl and she's like, oh yeah, you just fill up a warm bucket of water, 
with some soap and some cayenne pepper and you drown them. I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> like, I'm in the mafia. Yeah. I have to murder these huge caterpillars. You got like a wanted sign and you're going to well, go. now I'm at war. You're going to go head hunting for these yeah, things. Yeah, now I'm at war. <laughs> now, now it's personal. He's taking out my, I only have so many tomatoes. Right. Uh, he's taking out the good ones. Right. And you we gotta, already lost some to like you, rot. You got to you gotta go exterminate those boys. So and then I looked up like, how often do I need to check? I have to check three times a day. I have to go morning. I have to go afternoon and I have to go dusk and night. Three to four times a day I have to check That's on these things. That's ridiculous, dude. And so, nobody got time for that. And I, the worst part is that you didn't drown them to death or you didn't curb stomp uh, them. Yeah, so they might crawl back over the they fence for vengeance. very well might be so over So I'm there. probably going to go back and have to like drown them. You know, oh, that's dude. not what I want to do at one o'clock at night is drown caterpillars. You could just curb stomp them, dude. I don't want to curb stomp them either. You're going to feel a little squish squish out of the foot. My shoes ruined. <laughs> and I can't bring it in the house. But yeah, so I went to war with caterpillars. We went to a reggae concert. We touch on that. Yeah, that was fire, dude. I, I thought I, I was a little skeptical at first with this whole reggae concert because one, I've never been to one. Two, it's a very, very laid back, very chill. You know, sometimes when you go to a concert, you're looking to get a little bit more revved up. You're looking to get the, you know, the juices flowing a little bit more. You're looking to feel a little bit of something, you know, and... Um, the venue it, was really, like, from what I remember, we used to go to this venue as a kid. Yep, we you did. you and me together, but separately. I remember yeah. the venue being really cool. So my first random makeout was in this venue. With a Whoa! Random <laughs> Boys feeling saucy. Little Toodles making a little action there, yeah, huh? A little freshman or maybe like, what, junior in high school Toodles? Yeah. <laughs> Um, sliding down a hill, saying what's up to the ladies. But yeah, I definitely do remember the the whole event and like the you know the the what's 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 the word I'm looking for here? I don't know. You lost the me. stage, the event the, the center. venue. Yeah, the thank you, dude. The venue was. I just they put in more bleachers. It looked like they reduced maybe some like they. There's no hill anymore. The yeah, Pacific used to have Amphitheater. a hill with a lawn. Yeah. And it used to be huge from what I remember. Maybe it was because we were so much younger, but at the same time, I thought it was just bigger. Like I, I thought I remember looking down at the stage and it was so far away and I was just way up on the hill. You know, I just came to realize, buddy, that? we weren't at the amphitheater. We were at the Verizon Amphitheater in Is that Irvine. different? Yeah. Okay. There's one in Wild Rivers. Um, that has oh the, my god, that's right. That's the venue. That's the one. And I kept calling it the Verizon Amphitheater, and everyone's like, "Dude, it's the Pacific Amphitheater." And, I'm like, and really? "I may have been to the Pacific Amphitheater once before." That wow, good call. I just I don't know why. I think someone was talking about it. And I'm like, "Oh, they have that huge lawn back there." Oh, wrong amphitheater. But I agree. I, I remember this amphitheater also being different, also having a lawn. Yeah, but just wasn't as big. Gotcha. Um, so they took all that away. Yeah. Um, didn't have any cocktails there, which is a little bit of a bummer. Just like, just like Like you gotta have cocktails, just, just beer and not, not even like IPAs, not even like something like 70% vodka lemonades I could buy. Yeah. But it was, it was brought to you by Mike's hard lemonade. So it was basically just Mike's hard just dumped into a cup. It was Mike's hard's flavored smear of vodka. See, that's brutal. It was tough. It was really tough. So that's not the really the way to do it. I, I, you know, I get it. Maybe they're, they're, they're trying to keep it a little bit more under wraps. It's basically in the fairgrounds, whatever. I get it, but have some cocktails available. But 
you know, nonetheless, I, I didn't really know what to expect going to this reggae concert. We're going to go see Iration, which was our my most excited person I was going yeah. to go see, which we caught a glimpse of. We caught a good 45. Yeah. Maybe I was just, you know, drunk at that point, not realizing what was yeah. going on. We caught a good 45. And Revolution was the other one. Yeah. There was the Expendables and Pacifier there as well. They just started at an un ungodly early hour. Like at I five o'clock. You know what, though? Here's the thing. If we're going to start a concert at five o'clock, I would have sworn that they would have done it a little bit different with differently with the set times. Yeah, why would they took so to give a break? We didn't see Pacifier or the other person, whatever. Yeah, and we barely, you know, we caught forty five of Iration, and then we caught the full set of Revolution. Huge break in the middle. It was a good twenty minute intermission. I thought it was longer than that. I could have said it was like forty. Yeah, I looked at the clock. It did feel like forever because what are you supposed to do during that intermission? You're just time? hanging out. You're not going to go slam cocktails. That's not no, available. nothing you can do about that. People left the venue, came back with a turkey leg because it's the Orange County Fairgrounds, which that place is a shithole. I hate it. I used to love the fairgrounds. Place, and it's just so slammed now. That place ain't for me. It's just not not the place. But anyways, never has been. Never will be. <laughs> back to the concert. Oh boy, it's uh, it's um. You know, I had a good time with it. I thought I knew more music from the band. Mm. Like, I thought we listened to a good amount of it. And I think, you know what it was? I think we lost, listened to a lot of Iration and not much Revolution. And yeah, was I listened me. to a lot of Revolution, though. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little... I mean, I listen to reggae every day. So I'm a little bit more in tune with it. I, I, I keep up with it. You, you do? Know? Yeah. So were you bummed about missing Pacifier and stuff? Not not tremendously. No, oh. I know a few of their songs. I know a few of the songs of Expendables. I was a little bit bummed, but it it was not hurting me one bit because also I necessarily don't want to be at a concert for four hours or five hours of reggae, for, for reggae music. I want to get in there. I want to do three hours. I want to have a good time. Maximize the three hours. See the people who I want to see, which is Iration and Revolution. Right. Which were great, by the way. I thought they actually performed and exceeded my expectations. For sure. They, they were, were great. wildly talented. Mm -hmm. They brought in... I actually didn't actually realize how many people are involved in a reggae band. Oh, it's a huge band. It's a band. They had like seven or eight people up on stage, like trombone, trumpet, saxophone, percussion, live singer, guitarist, Cowbell. bass. Like, dude, they had the full thing. Maracas. And they had... <laughs> <laughs> There's one guy always playing the weird instrument. Yeah. The maraca the, the piano tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The maracas, I think. Yeah, the maracas and then the tambourine. Yes, there we go. The tambourine. Yeah, the big tambourine guy in the back. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, the, the band's played great. It's just like, I don't know. It just didn't have the juice for me. Like, yeah. By like halfway through Revolution set, I was like, I'm good. Yeah. I could totally see that. I mean, I kind of was a little bit, but I was, I, I was so, in, I thought Revolution came on and their production and their show and the way that they like worked the crowd. I knew like a lot of their songs. So I like sang every song. I knew, yeah, I, I knew every which single is song. Great. And I was really happy that, you know, I was hoping I knew more and then shame on me. Maybe I need to do a bit more research before going into something like that. Sure. I'm also just not a huge music guy. Tough yeah. take, but I'm just not. I, I used, know. I'm more of a podcast guy. I used when I'm every time I'm listening to something on my free time, it's always a podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a rap guy. 
Um, but I thought left a little me on the bone for me. Yeah, I did think that the one part of the show um, that was extraordinary was the guitar situation. Yeah, so that was unbelievable. The band's doing the fake encore. So revolution, revolution leaves the venue at like nine thirty. Nine thirty. Clearly, have thirty minutes left in the venue. It's it, we know the tickets, we know the times, so we know they're coming back and they're doing. Everyone's doing encore like that to me is so corny. Like yeah, do it, do a true encore. Ten o'clock, it, it's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you come back out for one or two more, right? And you take the L on the price because they they get they get dinged for that. They get penalized. Mm. Some places penalize you. So they did the encore where we cheer them back on the stage, and it's like, yeah, they're they're coming back on, and they we played all, like the full, you know, uh, guitar situation. They did another song, like they did like twenty yeah. more minutes of performing. So then they come out, and it's him and his main guitarist, the the lead singer, and the main guitarist, and the dude, per, the these guys proceed to rip the guitar open. Yeah, and it was jaw 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 dropping. It was unreal how talented these two guys were. I'm like, it was like Guitar Hero esque playing, like notes and fe- watching this man's fingers work was was crazy. They they hammer it. They do a great job. They proceed to leave again. Right, and they come out and play one more. And song then we do that. a double encore. Right. And at that point, when the double encore hit, I was done. <laughs> I'm like, no way! You just made me cheer for a double encore, but. I was more in space. The booze got me feeling loose, and I was mm-hmm. more preoccupied by everything else around me. <laughs> and then um, you're you're a big people watching guy. Oh my god! Yeah, you're, I get you're walked in. Yeah, yeah you're really. Into I built that. stories. I wonder about things. Right. So the one thing I couldn't stop looking at was there was a gentleman, fifth, late fifties, early fifties. Sure, we can call it something around there. Dating a very young woman, like maybe 21, maybe 20. Maybe. Maybe 20. He was running to go get some snacks. And, you know, people were like, well, how do you know he's not his dad? And I'm like, well, his hand was basically down their pants. So there was that. (laughs) So that was a good indication for me to feel comfortable assuming this guy wasn't her dad. And, you know, I'm just building this story out in my head. Like, one, as a dude who's in his 30s, I couldn't imagine dating somebody 19 right now. Mm-mm. Seems like, a little bit weird. Seems a little bit strange. Weird, 100%. Take that away. It's weird, gross, all of it. But also, like, You're, what are we in such different such, parts yes, of our lives? Yes, yes. That's the biggest part. That's the like, biggest I part. I have nothing to give you, and you have nothing to give me. And you also know it's like a, a really scummy thing to do. And so anyways, I'm like, this guy's got to pretend like her friends are there. I'm good. I'm just staring at them. The concert's <laughs> happening and I'm in this person's <laughs> life. And uh, her friends are there. Their boyfriends are there. And this guy's one row behind them, just like kind of hanging out and stalking. And the girl would go back and forth between her friends and this dude. And yeah, I mean, that was a weird dynamic. Why don't you just join them? Well, because then he doesn't want to be weird. Like, maybe the other girls don't feel comfortable or he doesn't, like, who knows? It was such a weird situation to be like, yeah, let me bring my older boyfriend to a concert with these people who clearly want nothing to do with this dude. 
And I just thought this guy pulled the funniest move. You, in that moment, you're trying to be cool. You got to, like, be young. You got to hang out. You got to be chill with things. You might have to grab underage drinks. You got to go the extra mile, I assume, at that if you're that dude. Right. Everything's on the table. This guy comes back with a fucking sharing size of a popcorn. <laughs> and I thought it was just <laughs> such a dad move. But like, you're trying to be cool and young, and you come back with shared popcorn for the group? Not like, the move. That to me just screams dad. Not the move. Not the move. And then how, you, about, how about grabbing like six tall cans? That's what you need to do. Right. Come back with beer for everybody. Not snacks. Not snacks. <laughs> Not kettle corn. <laughs> buy a bag. Didn't he come back with another snack? Then he as leaves well? again and yeah. comes back with a fucking churro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what, what are we doing, my guy? You're hanging out with a 20 year old. Like, could you imagine if one of our friends, like, we'd be hyped if one of our friends left and got like popcorn? But like, right. that's a dad move. Yeah, that's that's like, hey guys, you you hungry? Here's some popcorn. That's a you move. You would do that for the group. Yeah, but I'm, <laughs> like, they're my same age. But I would like that'd be like, right. doing for my daughter, right? And her friends, and they'd be hyped. If you're a dad, you're hyped. But right. like, you're a 22 year old trying to hang out with your girlfriend, look cool. You're looking for some drinks. You're looking for some drinks, not popcorn handouts. It's also like 8 o'clock at night. Let's get the drinks flowing. Right. And I don't think they were 20 because none of them had drinks in their hands. They were sure smoking though. They were sure enjoying that. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe that's where the snacks come in. Probably, but still, it was just I again, I was just so preoccupied by it's weird. It's I love it, dude. You know, you get preoccupied by this, and you just tell me all this like the crazy stories that are going on elsewhere, and I'm you know it's a and whole, you're just in your own. It's a whole other you're, event. You're actually there, and I'm nowhere there, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that was like you know that was the highlights from the weekend here. But like one thing I really wanted to talk to you about, and we're running you know a little short on time. This has been flying through it. Um, I really want to get into your college career. Because I feel like when I lived with you, when you were you were a D1 athlete in one of the best college programs at the time and to date for volleyball. I mean, sure. you guys went back-to-back natties when you were coaching one. Yeah. I you had shots at other ones where you were very close. Mm-hmm. You guys had... After the first couple of years, we didn't have that great of a run. Um. You know, we were kind of middle of the league, middle table, however you want to put it, you know, just kind of neutral at 500, but still a very, a very good program as far as reputation, you know, winning titles and all that kind of stuff. We haven't won one in a while. Um, Don't quote me on the year, but 71 or something like that was the last title that we had. So it's been a long time. But you guys produce some really amazing volleyball players. Some very high-quality athletes, for sure. There's no doubt about that. Lots of Olympians, people that go on to play on the AVP. Like, that's what currently you have, like, one of the top AVP players who I partied with in college. Yeah. I mean, there's multiple people on the Olympic team that we partied with that were younger us on the team. Yeah. Um, you know, like, some of the best athletes I've ever seen. And it's crazy to think, you know, my best friend, I'm obsessed with sports. That's all I care about. But when we were in that moment, or I was in that moment with you, maybe it was just I, I some jealousy for sure. Um, but mainly didn't ask you a lot about it. You come home and you wouldn't love to talk about it. Yeah, a lot. There'd be moments where I get you going, but for the most part, it was morely like, "Hey, practice was good. What's up with you?" Right. 
let's play some FIFA and have some drinks going. It's, and I'm also a little bit, I mean, we could talk about it now. I mean, it's great. We can dive into it. I'm more than happy to. And I feel like I'm always more willing to because when I was at the time, that's just like, it just consumed me, you know, like all I was well, doing. Well, you had two practices a day during the summer. You would wake up at six in the morning, basically, maybe earlier. Sometimes, more, yeah. Sometimes I'll like practice. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll do weights, maybe some video, you know, serving pat. Like in the winter, it got tough. Winter was brutal when, when school wasn't going on, where I, we were doing double days. And that's uh, a yeah. lot, dude. That's a lot for volleyball. It's a lot of jumps. It's a lot of just like, you know, ground and pound. And I'm just like, you know, it's crazy that you're just like, you feel that at 20, 21 years old. Guys are doing like double days and 35. It's just like, it's kind of a different level of, of endurance and, and, you know, just, I don't know, just raw strength basically. And just you build your body up to just, you know, endure such, such pounding. But um, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of it was, I didn't want to share a ton of it because you're just living in it. That's all you're doing. You're thinking about it. You know, you're grinding with classes one and I'm, you know, taking some, strenuous courses and it's kind of difficult and I'm coming home and studying, going to the library and then I'm going to like weights and training and you know, it's a whole thing. And then we're trying to like, the last thing I want to do is then like try to just be in it again when I, once I come home. And so maybe I did brush you off a little bit here and there, but I wouldn't say it's a brush off. I just think I mainly chalked it up to you weren't playing, which was new for you. Yeah. Like you started volleyball in high school, freshman year. Some of these guys have been playing volleyball since they were younger. It's also, it's not the most uncommon age to come into the sport though, because it does require some form of height and athleticism. And like, you know, normally by like the age of 10, you can't like jump and touch over like seven feet. It's not really a thing. Right. So like 10, U10 volleyball is very, very limited. I would say like you 14 is probably like the time when a lot of kids start getting more involved with it. It's funny because you 14, isn't that one like uh, Costa Rica and like the South... Um, Puerto like, Rico. Yeah, dude. Yes. They're coming in and they are thumping everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, they come out and they just ball out because they're tall at that age. They're super athletic. Dude, fly. All they do is jump on the beach and they hang out. And they got cannons for arms and it's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah, they pretty much win like... 12s, 13s, 14s, 15s, and 16s. And they're, they're then, everyone, then we all catch up and we start yep. balling out. Yeah. Know. You know, the late growth spurts, baby. But um, sure, dude, we could, we could dive into a little bit. But yeah. I think maybe a little bit, I, I was a little bit discouraged at times. Um, you know, what you, you, you're always competing. You always want to play. You always want to be on the floor. And so you feel like you're always giving it your all. At least that is that was my intent. You know, always trying to be there. And maybe I should have like done other things off the court that would have helped me a little bit more. But when I was in the gym, I was there to compete and play well. And you and did lift. do, I mean, freshman and sophomore, freshman year, you got mono really bad, right? Yeah, pneumonia. Pneumonia. You yeah, had pneumonia that, extremely bad. You were extremely sick. That screwed me up so, for about two months, actually. And then Karen almost hurts your position. You were like maybe jockeying for some time. That that, at that yeah moment. a little bit yeah I was um, it was it was kind of a shock for me because when I came in actually I don't know if you knew this but I was like nervous going to this college like no very, I knew very I, nervous I knew you were nervous I mean 
I knew we were you were checking out USC and Long Beach were your two main options. Yeah. It was crazy to me you didn't go USC. Because I remember you talking about, like, college visits and going to parties at USC and going, like, you walked into the weightlifting facility and you were drinking out of, like, Gatorade fountains and you had free muscle milk. Yeah. And, like, everything was A-plus and you would have been at USC. Every single, I like, they had a squat rack with your name on it with an I, with an iPad and it's got your lifts and your weights and all of your stuff and like everything to help. It's an A plus 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 facility. It's you cannot you, you cannot do you, better for volleyball. Right. It, exactly. It's physically impossible. It's also just sixty five grand a year. So right. thank goodness I didn't. I mean, now having the student loans, thank goodness I did not go, go there. It would be overwhelming. Um, totally. But you know, I was very nervous, like stepping into a Division One. Um, school because for club, I didn't really play that much either. I was kind of like the third outside. I was kind of a little bit more underdeveloped. I played for a great club team. So again, I didn't really get to compete a whole lot. We played at Laguna Hills. Maybe not the most established and, and highly sought after uh, volleyball program in high school, but we did play against some good competition, but we'd always get waxed by these teams. Waxed. And wasn't even close. there was a lot of doubt in my mind whether I was going to be good or not, good enough or not, athletic enough or not. Um, and quite frankly, it's skilled. Like it was, it was a, a wide gap in, in the skill department because I played middle blocker in my freshman year. And part of my sophomore year, and I didn't make that transition over to outside hitter until I was midway through my sophomore year um, in high school, which is in the springtime. And I didn't play club volleyball until I was the springtime in 16s. So that in itself is very late. Normally, when you play volleyball, you come in at like a 14 years old, you play high school and you play club. Right. And it's like right off the bat and you're getting all those reps. And so when I'm coming in, for the back end of my 16th year, which these guys are now really good. These guys are coming they're in. They're playing. I'm, they're rear behind. We're coming in and trying to win a... I can't believe I actually made the ones team at Balboa. Um, very shocked. Uh, maybe because I was just a little bit more athletic at, at the time. And they saw some potential. Uh, you were or, also dunking in eighth grade. You were extremely athletic. <laughs> sure. But and I, you're I mean, hardworking. It's just the skill that these guys possess, though, that was just right. really incredible. And I remember showing up for trials like, oh, my God, I am so out of my element right now. The fact that I even, like, just went was kind of crazy. I got, like, invited. We're going off way off tangent here. No, no, I think this is good. I think this is great. This is where I wanted to be with it. Okay. We're building, building a storyline because, you know, I think it's just crazy that you did do these college visits and... And I was, you know, deep into my own, like, relationship in my own world when this stuff was happening um, to you. Even though we were best friends and we yeah. were extremely close, I also was jealous. You know, you know it's like the fact of it. Like, I, I, my best friend's playing a sport in college was never going to happen for me. And so, like, I, you know, naturally I would want to ask you about it, and I would. Like, I was always happy for you. But, like, of course there's, like... Well, well let's calm it down here. Maybe you, you just needed some goalie action. Maybe yeah. he needed to be Papa an NHL needed, goalie. Papa needed to be an NHL goalie. He wasn't <laughs> playing the right sports or play golf and yeah. uh, at an early age and maybe make a team that way if I had those reps. But clay shooting, baby. Clay that, shooting. That, that is clay a, shooting for sure. I could probably be in the special. Olympic team right now. 
<laughs> you got that you get, dead eye, son. <laughs> you get me on a shotgun and some clays. I'm taking those things out. Yeah, dude. Um, so I, I, again, so I was, uh, again, did not play a whole lot in club. Right. Not great. Like in high school, I get a ton of sets, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Did a bunch of training in the, in the summer. Did like, you know, weightlifting and all this stuff with coach Pollock. Shout out. He did a ton of work with me, but did like two three workouts a week. He would like help me like, you know, get my body ready and do sand workouts and do weightlifting and do all this sort of stuff because I just didn't think I was going to be good enough. Like I just was going to not be able to compete and I wanted to be able to compete. So that was part of it as well. But uh, it was a little bit of a shock when I came into the gym and, and started turning a, a few heads my freshman year. Now we had some incredible outside hitters. Uh, right? Ones on the AVP incredible like three or four time defensive player of the year taylor crab one national player of the year i mean just a truly Dumb special yeah a truly truly gifted athlete that's six one maybe maybe six one out of the gym yeah like a 44 inch vert an unbelievable arm. volleyball iq and a great arm didn't hit the crap out of the ball but you hit it any angle you want. Crafty, super smart, you know, just extremely athletic and fast. You know, just, and I just remember a couple of games. One in particular at UCLA, he got, I'm going to flub the numbers, but you get the gist of it. He got 37 sets and had 21 kills and zero errors against UCLA. What's an average, like a good number for 31 sets? kill ratio so if you're hitting it's kind of like baseball if you're hitting 300 mm-hmm. right it that is that is a great great number if you're hitting 300 so hitting 300 let's let's make it very easy if you get 10 sets three of them need to be kills. and you get four kills four and you get one error that's uh, 300 if you uh, get okay. blocked or if you hit a ball out of bounds that counts as a minus to your kill it works in, in negative fashion so if you hit 300 and you put a ball away and you score three out of 10 times, you know, and you factor in the errors, that is a great hitting percentage. And this yeah, guy is so absolutely balled out. And he hit like, you know, with 37 sets and you get 21 kills, you know, that's like you're hitting 580 or 600 within your hit perfection, essentially. And he it's got crazy. like, you know, everyone else had like 12 sets. I mean, he, everyone knows the ball is going to him, to Taylor. No and he's real just, options at the moment. Right. He's just got... So hot. He's got four well-formed hands in front of his face, and he's doing whatever he wants to the block right. and to the ball. So that was just incredible. He obviously had the OH1 just locked in. Dalton Amerman was great. I mean, the, we, you can go on and on here, but, you know, stepping onto the court at 19, 18 years old with, like, two, two and a half years of, like, good volleyball experience, it's not a whole lot to really no. hang your hat on. Um, so I was nervous. And so the fact that I was actually competing and, and holding my own and doing all right, the game was just moving at an unbelievably fast rate. It was ridiculous how fast the game yeah. was moving. Was it was it like that? Because you hear that, like, you know, every time you step into a new level, the game feels faster. Was volleyball at that moment just ridiculously yeah. fast? Yeah, it was. It over- looks fast. It's overwhelming. Like how yeah. f- you don't just, like, lob a... In high school, you know, where the level we played, you lob a outside set. Right. So you don't have to be perfect as a setter. The hitter can come in there and clean up some sets a little and bit. No, these, these boys are rocketing balls to the pins. Yeah. Like to net to end net to end net there. Mm-hmm. And the setters are very deceptive. 
like the guys are how tall is like an average blocker in your division middle um, middle blocker i would say probably average size is like six seven it's you know huge six I, there are some guys that it's are like seven. Ba- it's like basketball sized players out there yeah yeah, for sure. And, and, pretty, they, they and pretty, pretty athletic. Oh, yeah, pretty athletic. There's some guys that are seven feet. But again, with what you gain in height, you might lose a little bit in lateral movement, which is huge as a middle. So a good height and a, and a good size middle is anywhere in the range from 6'7 to 6'10 is like a pretty good. And if they're giving it from side to side very quickly, they're very effective. Right, exactly. And, um, and so then a lot of the opposites that you're going up against, those guys are all six seven for sure, like good size ones. And these guys are jumping forty inches. Yeah, six, as seven. you got a bunch of really athletic dudes who get breaks in between each point, and you get to max jump every single time, every yes. time because a point lasts fifteen seconds. Yeah, in men's volleyball, there's like not much rallies. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, we had to send a free ball over. You might as well count as a point for sure. Because the game's so fast. So fast. And it's it's a fun sport to watch. And it's crazy to me that, you know, it just you were so good at so many sports when I met you. You were great. You were great at baseball, even though you dropped baseball off. You were amazing at basketball. Um football, there was a time where you were gonna be a starting free safety for varsity it was before you be, broke your thumb. It was that or maybe like wide receiver, but you would have started on varsity as a sophomore. If you didn't hurt your yeah, thumb, I don't know. You would have gotten reps. Brody Marino had some rep. He was he was locked in for that. That is true for that starting spot. And you were getting reps. You were getting looks. Yeah, I was getting for, looks. You would have played. I was getting some looks. Let's be honest. Football was never really my calling. No, but didn't love it at the time. Wish I was more about it now. But right. I mean, well, now we have the anger. Now you got something to fight for. <laughs> um, it just you know it was just funny that volleyball came out of nowhere for you. So when you were doing, you know, this college day in, day out of college, like how would you keep yourself motivated? Because I just, you know, it must have been demoralizing to see your roommate who was sleeping in the... Yeah, it was tough, dude. 11 or 12 every day. Really tough. And like... I will have to say, it's not what it would have been. There, I wouldn't have traded it for anything in the world, but it would have been way easier if I had a roommate that was on the same schedule as me. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Relatively somewhat close. Would was it really it? that difficult? It well, no, it wasn't because you were never a you were never ever a burden ever. No, so no, you would like play video games and you were hanging out and you were chilling. I'm trying to fall asleep. I would much rather be hanging out playing video games, right, and doing all that stuff. But I got practice at seven a.m. Right, so I got to go to bed at. And it's not like midnight. it's not like you're doing a light practice. You got to get going. It's a good three-hour right. grind and then weights and then class after that. Right. And so you, you got to get at least six. Got to get at least six. Six in. back then would get you through. Yeah, I would never even really get six, hardly. Hardly no, ever. there was many nights we were staying up pretty Until late. So two, three, yeah. yeah. Uh, you a know, lot of FIFA easy. being played. Easy. And so that was the tough part. Um, the motivation is difficult. And I think the one thing that did keep you more motivated it didn't happen it was more of like a like a breaking point you know it was one of those moments where it's like like second year you know we 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 kind of got like shafted after our first year we didn't make it to the conference finals Mm -hmm. um the ncaa tournament i mean um 
even though we beat UCI in our conference tournament, that was kind of a tough situation. And then that large bid went to them. Granted, they did beat us twice during the regular season. So it's really, you know, up to the committee. We could have beat them once and, you know, swayed it more in our favor, whatever. But I think more of it is having been there and then knowing that you are not going to get another shot mm-hmm. at doing something great. That's it's more of the fear of regret for myself. That's that where I, that's, that's why I yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was it was there it was the fear of letting maybe something slip and letting something go, which did end up happening a little bit, but at least my senior year I did feel like and my whole redshirt year I'm lifting four times a week. I'm doing a bunch of stretches. Yeah, and by stuff your and, sophomore year, I think when we when we left our apartment after our sophomore year, going into your junior year. We were still there, junior year. Were we? Third year, yep. We lived there. because we oh, you went freshman year, dorms, dorms. sophomore, junior, junior year. So your last two years, your redshirt year and your senior year yeah. at that was, Marita. That was game time. That, that was, was when you stepped it up. For sure. And that was like, what the? What am I missing? What am I doing wrong? And I like, you know, had a little bit of a check. And, you know, there was definitely more of like a... There was a push from other people in the house too. Matt Butler being one of them for sure. Of like, dude, we're not doing enough. We're not. We're just not doing enough. There's plenty of people out there that are doing way more. We gotta like. We gotta step our game up. I want to be on the court. You want to be on the court. He was trying to change positions. It's just. It was one of those things where we we just really had to kind of click into something that even though you didn't want to do it, you had to just still be motivated and all in to just like go out there and try to try to find one percent a half a percent better and like i know it's very typical for everyone to say but you got to find some way to push the needle a little bit it's you hard red line a bit and i think you know you moving to the house with other people who were like-minded some of our other roommates were older the first couple of years so like Harder to keep them where they're already at. They were set in their ways and they were pushing as hard as they possibly could already. And yeah, they were both captains of the team as well. So like they, they were certainly leaders and they were doing everything Mm -hmm. within their, you know, rights and lives for the team. And they maybe just were in the right headspace. And then our other roommates at the time weren't going to push it. Um, I, I, a lot of it is I just wish that maybe I matured a little bit sooner and just realized that this, this ain't forever. You know, and I think I kind of realized that and it was potentially a little bit too late. But at the same time, I mean, I I did once I did realize it, I was I was all in to go and try to achieve something great. Um, Yeah, I don't know if it would have been too late because I don't know if you've ever, ever gotten your moment over Dalton. Dalton was the other outside hitter. I think I would have been more ready potentially, though. For sure. You would have been maybe more ready when that position did open up. But it felt like after that opened up, it was... Okay, well, from my perspective, we can get into this topic now. From my perspective, um, from watching you and hearing you talk, maybe biased too, I feel like you got shafted a bit. Um, You were asked, you chose, I don't know if you were asked or not, to redshirt your junior year. It was, um, my understanding of it was, it was very mutual. It was a situation where it would work out for my academics, one. Mm Mm-hmm. And I also said that to him and had that talk with my counselor and everything. I needed a fifth year to finish all my credits. I can do like a couple of fluff courses. 
excuse me, whatever to kind of get those credits really have up fun. during the fall, during the redshirt year, but also get a couple of things squared away so that I can then graduate in five years, taking all these classes, have a minor, you know, have a mate and then have like a minor in a, in a certain subject. But, um, it was kind of mutual because the fact of the matter was if that, if I played my fourth year, there was, you know, there was a few other outside hitters that I'd be battling with and competing with. And both of them were seniors. And I was in the coaches eyes and, you know, the way they were looking at it, very equal with those guys. And, you know, it could have been a rotating roster. It could have been something that didn't work out for myself, could didn't work out for them. So the way they pitched it as well is that, you know, if you redshirt this year, you know, you're going to be able to have a much, much better opportunity to get onto the court. If you do X, Y, and Z, you know, better, you need to be able to pass a little bit better. You need to be able to kill the ball. That right. was, that was the two things. And, and so I dedicated a lot of that year to one lifting and getting stronger, but getting a ton of passing reps, ton, 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 ton of passing reps. And how does that look? Do you go and a coach is there and they're helping you with that? Like- no. So a lot of that actually is kind of just down to you a little bit. Um, because you're only allotted a certain amount of hours with coaches during the off season. And all those hours are all built around individuals, team training and weights. I forget the number. I believe it's like 11 hours a week or eight hours a week. So it's on you. So a teammate has to come. You guys have to set up the net. We got to set up the net. We got to go get reps. We got to go serve each other. We don't, I mean, we could use like a serving machine, but I need to like float serve reps. So I had to have someone like hit serves at me. I had it serves at them. It worked out because it was very mutual because I had Matt Butler that was changing positions at the time. And so we just float serve each other for like an hour. Just get tons and tons and tons and tons of reps. So after weights, after or like whatever, before class, and you know, it happened three, four times a week. We'd do, we'd probably do that. It would maybe fall off here or there a little bit, but for the most part, it was on average three times a week, an extra three or four hours of, of service reps, maybe go play some beach. That's another good way of doing it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, it didn't really look like it. The only thing that would show up is in practice and in the numbers. And of course I can tell the coaches that I'm, I'm doing this stuff, but I just wanted to show on in practice. And I feel like I was putting in the work and I was going to get rewarded at that time. Yeah, and I guess to me, I saw you put the effort in with your other teammates. I saw the talent level of which the other players were at, your age, and I thought you should have started and played 95% of the games. And, you know, didn't really happen like that your junior year. Um, As much as I thought you should have gotten a shake at it, maybe you feel differently. Um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there was, there was certain, I I believe there was certain opportunities junior year. Maybe I could have gotten some more looks. I felt like there was a couple of times where I got subbed into a match. I'd stay in the match and we'd, we were down Oh two and I'd come in and we'd win three, two. That's happened a couple of times in my college career, which is crazy. Yeah, we're down 0-2, and then I get subbed in, like, and, and, I'd, and I'd finish the game, and we'd win 3-2, and then not... I mean, I get it, because there's both sides of this. 
you got to like as a coaching staff and now being on the side of it, you got to stick with the guys that you might believe are is the best fit is the best chance to win. That guy had an off night. And then in this situation, I came in, I did my job, I upgraded, I helped us get a win in a situation that one player may or may not have been performing. And I helped us grab a W. But then guess what? I'm just I didn't really earn that spot. I'm back into the three, which and then those guys so infuriating. Because as someone who felt like he was shafted his whole sports career, and maybe, you know, you look outward, you you know, you're pointing a finger at somebody and there's three pointing back to you. Um, I feel like I've felt that before where I've come into a game and the momentum switches. And then the next game, it was like it never happened. Right. And it's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. Yeah. It's like, how, how do you not see we were, it's physical. There was one change made. I came in the game and we won the game. It's black and white. Yeah. So how are you not seeing that? Sure. And I like it wasn't that our serving became exponentially better to the point where it changed our whole game. And there was very one clear thing that happened here. Right. I came to the game, basket started being scored. We started, you know, like basketball wise, we started scoring. We causes turnovers, momentum shift, right. better vibe of the team. You I just it. don't understand how coaches like don't get that I, I, to me it's like even if this player let's just say you're not up to the quality of the other players right let's just say that's not the case but let's just say that was mm-hmm. and they come in with a last ditch hope that you come in and change momentum and you do to me you deserve the start you deserve a shot because the other guys couldn't get the job done and they've had shots and they've had chances so why why wouldn't you get that same leash? And it feels like coaches have shorter leashes with people. And it felt like to me, and this is just me, <laughs> Nipe had like a choke leash on you. It's hard to comment on that because, again, it's it's how he felt and he perceived the game and how he wants. He wanted the team to play. And he's okay, by the way, Nipe's also like one of the greatest coaches of all time. Coached the Olympic he won, team. He won a natty champ for LB. He was on the Olympic team. He coached the Olympic team. Dude knows volleyball. He's he, not a scrub. He's not he some, knows how to put together a winning culture. I totally. mean, there's you know, um, there's there's tons and tons of accolades that he's able to do. He runs a tons of camps and you know, um, motivational speaking and like he runs classes on culture and like people like coaches like show up to these like seminars that he's putting on and like he knows how to coach. He knows what he's doing. And so I don't know. I feel like I got an interesting perspective because I got to coach under him as well. So I got to see what he was about firsthand, how he ran the program, how the program was really about. And you don't really know it until you're like, seeing all of the cultures and nuggets and stuff that you're like placing along the way. Like, come on, come on guys. Like here's a little bit of nibble. You guys need to come this way. This is why we're doing this. And like, I got to see all that unfold, but I guess bottom line is I do think maybe it was a certain situation where I felt selfishly that I deserved more playing time, but maybe at the same time, that I wasn't fit into the picture at that time. I didn't earn it. He didn't think that I was going to be able to go in there and compete and, you know, game in, game out and 
and bring us wins and and ultimately bring a championship do you at think, that time. Do you think that he knew that team maybe was never going to win a chip and he wasn't going to like like let you run the roost maybe or get your time when he could be developing players that were underneath you who maybe could have used those reps and would have been more valuable for them to get those reps at a later date. I mean, that's also things coaches do all the time. Totally. I mean, there's there's some part of it, and there's like a very famous saying, it's like you never need to worry about the guy in front of you, you need to worry about the guy behind you, right? When you're trying to like compete for a spot and keep a spot, right? You shouldn't be looking ahead. You should be looking behind you and like what you could be doing to better yourself to then just separate yourself and never be touched. So even right. when you are a senior and you're kind of having like a little bit of like uh, your team's maybe having a slightly shaky season, but you're still whatever second or third, they're not going to turn to the other guy and look younger to try to get them reps and develop them. And so in my situation, when I was a senior, we were very, very much in the hunt for a natty champ. Very much in the hunt. And so at that Senior time... Senior year, you guys were balling. Yeah, we made it to the semifinals um, in the NCAA championship. And at that point, you're obviously trying to... Obviously, you're, win a, you're trying to win a championship. So you don't care if you're worried about the younger guys or the older guys you're trying to find. When you're in the hunt, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But when you're not in the hunt, like maybe a coach can see like... Our blocking isn't as good as it needs to be. I don't know for a fact. Or your setting isn't going to be there. Or your serving isn't there. And he's like, clearly the people in our division are much better than us. Maybe there was some of that. You know, I don't know for a fact. Um, To be honest with you, mm -hmm. they're trying to recruit at that time. To be honest with you. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) They're not really trying to develop the younger. At that point, they're like, we need to bring bodies. Yeah. Because we don't have it, mm-hmm. and you know, and unfortunate. That's that's the real that's the realistic thing. Whatever we got right now, it ain't working. It, we're not winning with it. I don't even remember who was on that team. I know Curtis, and I know you, and that's about it's it. Just Bjorn, minimum. you know, it's just it's just we just did not have at that time. Just again, some of the more um, athletic, skilled. I, I mean, ever there was plenty of teams out there that were better than us. Plenty of teams. You know, you could we can name eight nine and we didn't really stand a chance and so again that's that famous saying you gotta worry about the person behind you because then we got josh tj and kyle and they all came in and they immediately all three on the olympic team all three on the olympic team right now one's maybe the best player on the olympic team yeah and one is also arguably a top five outside hitter in the world maybe top three right now Uh, yeah maybe top two and you know that's TJ. The setter is unreal, mm-hmm. undersized, but hands of a flowy legend. Yeah. Um, and yeah, man, I just, I just found it. I don't think this is the last time we talk about your college experiences because it's such a unique perspective you have. It's just a different sport. Um, yeah. It's not your D one, like, you know, baseball or football or basketball, sure. but it's still D one and the rigorous training and, you know, things you guys were asked to do was pretty insane. Um, I do want to ask you, you know, one thing before we hit our top three worst here. Land on me. Um, there's a college you guys play a lot, um, BYU. 
which maybe have the most rabid fans in <laughs> volley. Yeah, dude, it's wild, wild, um, wild. What there. was it like to travel to BYU and to play? Because I think it was your senior year, which was, I think, my, I, I could be wrong, you played. Oh, yeah. Uh, BYU. You didn't start, from what I remember. Um, well, one year I, I had to come in, actually. I think it was your senior year. Well, it was Dalton Ammerman actually rolled an ankle, and I had to get subbed in like five points into the game and played like a whole match there. Was it your then my, like, been... my like sophomore year? Oh yeah, sophomore year. I'm not talking about your sophomore year because I was clearly in the garage watching. Seen, I believe this was senior year. Yeah, senior year then is what I remember. You're I remember in the you garage. Was... The start to Bjorn or something. Well, I had back spasms. Right. I had back spasms, and I had tried playing through that. I gotta look at. I thought I played. The you whole did time. play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know if you got subbed in. Or if this you was started. also this was also one of the crazy. I was that's when, I, excuse me, that's when I was starting. That's okay. when I was starting, and that was one of the most frustrating things. I, I finally ended up making my way onto the starting team about ten games into the season, my senior year, after talking with Knight and sitting him down. You know, having like a, a you know player to coach meeting, which I encourage if there's any players listening right now, just go talk to your coach. He's not out to get you. He wants you to do well and wants the team to do well. So figure out what you need to do better to right, make it on the court. Be open to the criticism that's going to come because Ex when you ask for it, it's coming. Right, exactly. And you can't just be like, oh, it's not real. Because so, right, he, it, no matter what he says. It's, it's coming from somewhere and it's legitimized. Well, even if you don't believe it, like if he's like, Andrew, you don't jump high enough and you're like, I have the highest jump for on the team. Like he's not seeing that. So you're mm -hmm. going to have to change his mind. Sure. So whatever he's telling you is the new thing you're doing. Exactly. So it's so. a good thing. But anyways, it was really, really frustrating for that situation because, you know, I finally make my way onto the starting team and I, whatever, dude, I got a bum knee and I've got back spasms and it's just, I mean, I don't know if have you ever had some back spasms, bro. I mean, maybe when it I was in high school, like, like debilitating, but like never. Like crippling, like you can't jump, right. like, you know. I know people sit out like I, I couldn't breathe, you know, like it's tough. It's also at four or 5,000 feet of elevation BYU is. Mm -hmm. um, Which we a, know is no joke anymore. Yeah, it's a different game. The ball actually um, sails and travels differently. It floats differently. It's a whole it's a whole different thing. Is the air is thinner up there. Mm -hmm. It moves less. It doesn't dip as much. You have to like track the ball differently. Um but it was very frustrating because I had that opportunity to go play in a wild, wild, wild atmosphere. We're going in to paint the picture a little bit. We're like breaking like the attendance records, like 5,800. This, this place doesn't even hold that many people, but it is surrounding and it's all like all concrete and it is extremely loud in there. But we're going for a morning servant pass at like 10 a.m., Right. That's the typical thing. It's like a light practice. It's an hour, you know, get a feel for the, for the volleyball, you know, get a feel for the court, you know, get some reps in. It's mm -hmm. like an hour and people are lined up outside the gym at 10 a.m. to get seats for that this. Doesn't ha and that doesn't happen in volleyball. For, for people who, do who don't know, you can always get a volleyball ticket. Oh, yeah. Like for a 7 p.m. game, people are lined up and it's not like eight. 12 people it's like 
couple hundred people are like waiting at the gate. Was that, and then that moment, are you feeling like, oh yeah, it's game time, baby? Or are you, oh, yeah. the nerves start, start to flow in pretty heavy at that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if there, if there is a moment like a, oh shit, we're here moment, it was like one of those, it was that moment where you're like stepping onto the court, like, holy, like, right. I can't believe there are people here coming here, one to root for their team, but just here to just watch this volleyball. This is just kind of blowing my mind. Packed house. And you had to, leg- it was so loud. You legitimately had to run over to the sideline because I could not hear the coach yell. The volleyball court ain't that big. It's 30 by 30. No, you can hear people yelling. I can hear Knipe yelling at you guys at times. Yeah, it's 15 feet from the middle of the court to the sideline. I could not hear. You can't hear the coach. It's that loud in there. And, you know, again, it's really funny, like the trash talk that they're like dishing out. But bottom line is, is that it's loud and it's thundering. You can't hear anything. And that was pretty electric playing in that atmosphere. Um, People just going wild. Uh, That was one of the coolest things. And, um, you guys got the win. Yeah, we came back. We night one, we lost in five. Actually, I remember that it was a total grind. It was a total bummer. Um, I gave like a crazy like pump up speech because we looked like really defeated going in like the third and fourth set. Um, but then came out night two, and I believe we just won three zero. I, I, I believe we swept them. But yeah, it was really fun going and playing those away matches. Another place, again, would be like Hawaii. Hawaii was an unbelievable yeah. place to play. Sold out. The Stan Sheriff Center, like 10,000 people. Was like, that playing. more fun than BYU? BYU, BYU is, is, was more fun. Hawaii was... Um, it, it was certainly more hostile. Yeah. People are diehard Rainbow Warrior fans over there. They Yeah, go, I think they're a thing. They go nuts for volleyball. They go nuts because it's big over there. Yeah. Ten, I mean, it's extremely loud, um, but you don't feel the crowd as much because they're not on top of you. Like you're going back to serve and like people can, you're, you're in arm's reach, you know, at, at BYU. And they're screaming heinous things at you, I'm sure. Well, not so much as BYU. Oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> I guess you're right. It is a religious school. Yes. And um, so that was a little bit of the comical part. But the fact of the matter is, is that the BYU feeling is that they're like literally on top of you. It doesn't really go out and up. It just goes, it just goes out a little bit, but then there's a mainly just up and it's like on top of the court. So that is like the crazy part. Everything is concrete. The stand sheriff has a massive ceiling. It goes up and out the whole way. So like it's massive, it's big, but you don't feel it as much as you do at BYU, but still um, just a different, different situation when you're playing in front of those crowds. I'm sure the pyramid felt like that at some points as well. You know, we get three, 4,000 people, I think at some, at some games, mm-hmm. um, you know, most of the time we had like 2000 people, but you know, we, we had a bunch of people play. Some uh, games are big, especially when you guys got closer to playoffs. Oh um, yeah. What was like, you know, uh, favorite moment in that uh, college career yours? Oh, dude, it's it's got to be my last point that I ever played in the pyramid. Got to be that one. We're playing Hawaii. We're hosting the conference tournament because we won the regular season my senior year. Um, we're up. We got we got match point, and I passed the ball 
They got it. They serve me down the line. I pass the ball to the 10 foot line and Josh sets me medium system and I get the match winning kill and we won championship point for the, so for, cool. for, the, for the conference championship. And that was unreal. So the last point that I ever played in the, in the pyramid was uh, the match winning point. That's a good for, way to end it. Yeah. That's and awesome. I scored the last point for the NPSF because, well, they still have the NPSF now, but before it kind of cut in half and then split to the big West NPSF was a stacked conference. Um, now Long Beach is in the big West, but with who's else um, in the big West? Uh, UCI, Northridge, Hawaii, um, San Diego. Not BYU? Um, nope, they're in the MPSF. Okay. But you, but you st- could still play like out of conference games. Yeah. Um, UCLA. Got you. Yeah, USC is still in the MPSF. You know what team I used to hate watching you guys play was the, um, not Santa Barbara, but it was the college... In um, Beverly Hills. UCLA? No. Not Beverly Hills. USC? No. One Pepperdine, of those, Pepperdine. Pepperdine. Yeah, yeah, Pepperdine. I hated Mal- Pepperdine. Mal- Malibu, baby. Yeah, I hated Pepperdine. I Why? hated the gym. Because they always beat you guys in the worst time. Dude, you know what? That was, that was the hardest gym to play in for me. The gym was awful. The whole stadium, the whole venue is all blue, white, and orange. And what's the color of the volleyball? Blue, white, and red. It yeah. just was a big blur the whole time. I could and, not And they were the, hostile? Yeah. They, they talked a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, they did. And the gym was kind of quiet, too. Quiet, and then they <laughs> always beat you guys yeah. at the worst opportunity. One of the points, I don't know why, I just hated that, that school and that team. Um, I remember Windish pancaked a ball. Yes, dude, I remember this. To win like the match for you guys. It was yeah. Like, it was like he abs he came in and balled out and had like 14 digs in like yeah. two games. I remember it was he unbelievable. came in the game and balled out. I don't know why I remember that so well because I remember you guys just losing to a team. I think you came in that game too. I might have. I think that's why I remember that it's as tough. well. It's a tough, tough, tough game to come into. Um, what moment in college, and this will be my last question before okay. we go to top uh, three worst here. Um, what moment in college for you when you were in the midst of it drove you craziest the most about me being a roommate? When you're in the midst of being a <laughs> D1 athlete. Oh, dude, it's the early wake up calls and seeing you there. The amount of anger that I felt towards you in those moments. <laughs> and you know, like in the middle of winter too, like it's freezing as hell in the garage. It's cold. Yeah. You know, we're like got the box fan rocking and rolling. AC is you like it at a you're basically a polar bear. Yeah. In your second life, you're probably gonna get rebirth into a polar bear, dude. For sure. It's seeing you just like all cozied up and I'm waking up at like seven thirty to go like and I gotta hit this alarm and gotta go like it's just a total grind. And so it's it's the grind where I may not want to do something, but then you gotta go do it. That's that, those are the moments. So you're just like my roommate's like, either oh gonna like God, my just, roommate's gonna skip school, right? And it was all, it was work. also after probably the fact that you were baiting me like one more FIFA game, and I'm like, bro, it's it's twelve forty five, dog. Like it's yeah. one a.m. Like I gotta be up in six hours. Like I gotta start whining. No, no, no. I'm like, okay, I <laughs> yeah, can't, I can't say no to this man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's one more game. It's fifteen minutes. But oh man, that's great. Um, I loved it, man. Mainly, I, I, mainly that I think. I think it was just fun to you know. We'll jump into the um, Johnny Manziel doc maybe next week. We yeah, got some other stuff one. we wanted to talk about. 
But I just uh, knew from last week when we were talking about, like, I just never really have, I don't remember your game-winning point versus Hawaii. I, I don't really remember talking to you about, like, what it was like and, you know, the triumphs and the victories. Because it's like a bond. You know, you're still bonding, even though, like, it's not a, a top three sport. It's still, like, you, you were going to war with these guys. These guys were your teammates. You, For sure. Some of the closest guys you'll ever be with. So I just found that, like, oh, I don't know how we haven't talked about this yet. We're all into sports, and here's the next to me is a D1 athlete, and I haven't even <laughs> asked him about it. Yeah, it is It is fun, especially, yeah, I feel like when you're when you're in it and you're fully immersed in it, it, it is, like, a lot of these things that, that matter. So It's really cool just to yeah. reflect a little bit and hear more about it. Sure, dude. All right, buddy. Well, we're going to go on to our three worst here. Three worst parts of a concert. Obviously, we eliminate the very obvious parts of what's the worst part of a concert. It's the crowds and parking. Like, clearly, no those doubt. are... No doubt. Clearly, Lines. those are the... That's obvious. Like, number one, crowds, number two, parking, whatever. So, we eliminate that. So, you got to be a little bit more creative. We're going to run through this list here because, you know, we don't want this podcast to be too long on you guys. <laughs> um, I'm going to go first here, buddy. Yep. Um, starting off for me, number three being boo selections at these places. Um, a lot of these venues limit what you can drink because they're afraid of fights, and I'm sure that has happened. Uh, but that's not my problem. I want vodka and soda. You want some booze, dude. I want something, like, other than Bud Lights, like, and they're f so expensive. Um, number two, where venues only have a couple good seats. Yeah. The venue sucks and you can't see what's going on and you can't really hear what's going on. You might as well just chalk it. It's not going to be a good Tough. event. And number one for me is when the whole vibe is off at the concert. Yeah. Okay. I so like if you're sure. at a concert that's supposed to be like rap and everyone there is just like acting super hard and you constantly have to be on your six because people are being weird and crazy like, that's just not a fun environment for me. Um, so, like, if the vibe is off in a concert, that, like, it can't be worse than that. Yeah. I, there, I've got no complaints with that list, buddy. That's a great list. Thank it's, you. It's, it's rock solid. It felt solid. All right. I got an honorable mention. I'm going to start it off here because it's not something that happens very often. But I do think it needs to be mentioned because I've had to have it a couple of times, very, very seldomly, though. Is that the sound quality? The sound quality is bad. Yeah. Like what what's going on? You're going there for a concert, you need the music loud. The sound loud. needs to be thump thumping. You, you got to thump yeah, it's got to be loud. It's got to be a good crisp quality. Everything's got to be in balance. If that's wrong, then I feel like the whole thing is just in shambles. Right. That's that's an honorable mention for me. Has it cuz it doesn't happen very often. Um my number 3 is again it's this it's like the seat situation. It's like if you're locked in a certain seat, you got to pay like X amount of money. I get that. But it's like more of like, it's like when you got to stand, when you got to sit, like what's the right thing to do? I feel bad about like if I'm standing and people behind me are sitting, like they need to now stand up. I just hate that whole like juxtaposition of like yeah. what you need to be doing. I don't know. That's my number three. Um, my number two here is like, I, I just really hate intermissions. Like the long drawn out intermissions, I just feel like are just the worst time. I get it. I know they have to do it. I just, I feel like they need to have some sort of like, right. <laughs> get a DJ up there, get right. something going on. Like, right. it, I understand that you got to set up a whole bunch of stuff, but if we're going for 20 minutes in an intermission, 
that's a good chunk of the three or four hours that you're yeah, there you for. Bring something out that's entertaining. Let's bring something else out. Let's get us going a little bit here. People are bringing out uh, comedians for that twenty minutes to fill. And that's great. Oh, that's a great idea. That's myself. a perfect. That's a twenty minute stand up. That's a good stand up session. Yeah, it's a perfect, I love that. Perfect amount. That's a great call awesome, out. Awesome, buddy. Great top three. And uh, hold on, rounding out my one oh, here is I, I threw, right, I threw, a, I threw it an honorable mention. My number one is very similar to yours with the whole vibe situation. It's just when people are acting very strange. It's like just the weirdo like interactions, and it's also when it primarily is they're directing it towards you. Yeah, it's very very uncomfortable where like guys are like getting in your face or like thinking you said something or giving them a look or like right. they're acting like a little bit like tweaky and stuff. And it's because now people in big crowds, it's no longer comfortable. No, 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 no. The guy wasn't super comfortable at this concert with that crowd, especially when there was well. Well, come on. I mean, it's a regular concert. Most come of them on. are high. Come on. But, yeah. like, still, it wasn't my favorite vibe. I yeah. Mean, and especially when security is a little bit light. Like, I'm just, right. we're just walking right in there. Like, that's, you know, again, it's up to a couple of things, especially when you get, like, I've got a knife pulled on. You know, I've seen knives at fucking venues concerts in, in London. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that happens. You're like, okay. You okay, know, it's a little, it's a little bit of a shocker. And that's always, always just lingering in the back of your mind. Right. You know what I mean? So Absolutely, buddy. Great top three with an honorable mention. Sorry for cutting you off earlier there. No, no, no. You're all good. You got anything for the people, my man? Uh nope. Um, I'm all good, dude. Um, I'll give we're already we're already at our time here, so I'll give a little Zelda update later on next week. Ooh. All right. Well, you guys like, comment, subscribe, and all that jazz. We're not going anywhere because we're in the cabbage. And just a reminder, keep swinging.